This is the Buddha Cat Chat. Meow. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Jeff. I'm Amy. So I'm super excited to be doing this podcast. I know it's something we've been talking about for a while. We've been talking about it and talking about it, but we both lead like these incredibly busy lives that involve a lot of Netflix and work. Yeah. And so it's super exciting to like take some time, do something together, and talk a little bit. Yeah, I agree. It's something creative, it's something fun, it's something easy. It gets us talking about things other than work, other Ugh. than about money and budgets. Ugh. Ugh. So, the Buddha Cats, this is the podcast. It's for the Buddha Cat Films channel. Why Buddha Cats? That's something that I've had as a name for a long time. Be, Ten years ago, I was doing a comic strip. I was working a little bit on a comic strip. Trying to think of doing a comic strip, sort of a, an independent, sort of black and white, self-published kind of thing, and it was going to be called Buddha Cat Comics, mm-hmm. and it was uh, based on my cat Fuzzy, Yuri. You know, Yuri, call him Fuzzy. Sometimes call him Buddha Cat. He's a big, flat, fluffy blob. He is wonderful. He's wonderful. <laughs> And so that's where that name sort of came from, and it's a name that I've always liked. It's a name I've kind of always kept in the back of my mind. I, inspired by, there's a comic book writer, independent comic book writer named John Porcelino. He does a comic book, self-published, bio, so biographical comic called uh, King Cat Comics. Cool. That's where it originally came from, and so we just dug it back up now that we're doing more with the digital stuff. With, uh, do you want to do films. like a little plug for YouTube. your films, your YouTube yeah, channel? Many, yeah, that's where people are probably going to be seeing this is on the YouTube channel. So Hopefully not seeing because I'm not wearing a make any makeup. No, this is audio. This one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, was, uh, I started doing some short films, um, horror films, and they are on uh, YouTube.com. If you're not seeing this on YouTube, YouTube.com forward slash the J A Peterman. Uh, you can see all of our work there. Uh, also some video game streaming. Yeah. And videos of the cats, the cats. Buddha cats themselves. Mm, all uh, four of all them. All four of our cats. So everything you need on the internet's right there in one stop. Cats, video games, short films that are of varying quality, and podcast. Yeah. What else, what else do you need? Nothing. Well, um, just a little bit about us. We live in Phoenix. I work in Scottsdale. Jeff works in Phoenix, mm-hmm. and um, we've been married almost three years. Mm-hmm. No kids, four cats. Um, the newest one, Bucky's up for sale if you would like her. That's not true. No, she's... Nobody would buy her. It's true. They'd bring her right back. <laughs> we work, uh, we both work in corporate America. We're both pretty non-corporate America type of people. I'm pretty corporate. How we fit in in corporate America and and get through it has been a struggle for some of us, for me. <laughs> you do really good at the corporate America thing. Huh? Yeah, you, they you, call me you, professional you, Peterman. But you're covered in tattoos. How does that? Um, it's all about the personality and the brain. There we go. Well, I've big got the brain. brain. Big brain. I've got the brain. And you've got the brain. We got to get you out of the introvert that you are. Mm-hmm. I'm extremely loud. You're extremely loud. You're really good with people. That's where 50% of corporate America lives. That's very true. I'm a schmoozer. Can you, can you manage people? Yes. 85% of our jobs are managing groups of people. We both work. We have great jobs. We do everything that we need to do. 
there is, you know, always a need for me to have some out of their outlet. I think for you as well. You always have little projects that you're working on. Yeah, work. So, you know, that's where this podcast comes from. Yeah. There's a way to another little creative project for us. So we've been watching Penny Dreadful. We just finished the second season. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I'm obsessed. What is it about Penny Dreadful that is so exciting for you? Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe it is the writing. Maybe it's like all the different characters intertwined. It's really disgusting, very overly sexualized. Like, it's just a lot of different things I like. Murder. Yeah. You all, do like murder. <laughs> all put into one. And um, oh, that actress, what is her name? She Eva is, Green. Eva Green. An amazing actress. Like, where's her Emmy? I don't know. But I'm super, super impressed with just everything about the show. And I'm obsessed. And I'm, I, like, got teary-eyed when I realized I was watching the last episode of season two, knowing that May is a million months away. So um, I will deal with it. Probably have to rewatch it before May. But... Right. I'm I'm fucking obsessed. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I like the show. You know, you liked it a lot more than I did, but I still really like it. I think it's uh, it's a well-done show. It's not the show that I thought it was going to be when I first brought it up What do you, you think it was going to be? I thought that all of the characters were going to be literary characters. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that Eva Green's character, Vanessa, I thought she was actually going to be Mina. Okay. Uh, and that uh, I thought Timothy Dalton's character, the uh, what's his name, the uh, he's the old man that helps her, uh, Malcolm, Mister Sir Murray, Malcolm Murray. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be um, the guy, the oh, trying to blank, um, the guy who hunts in Africa all the time. Sean Connery played him in *Lead of Extraordinary Gentlemen*. I don't, I don't fucking know. But he was the guy who was always after, like, the lost city of gold and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head, but he... I thought that was going to be him. I thought they were all going to be like that, and maybe it's because I was thinking... Comparing it to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Mm-hmm. You know you know what that is, right? Yeah, movie. but I never... Basically the same thing. All of these characters get together. Uh, there's Mina Harker from Dracula. Um, the character that Sean Connery plays. Who now I, I just... I'm going to have to look him up and see who it is. Um, and then... The Invisible Man, Captain Nemo from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, uh, you know, all of these characters from that Victorian era that have gone into public domain. I, you know, I thought that that's what that show was basically going to be, but it turned out not to not necessarily be all of that, but still really, really good. I like how it it's like every episode digs in a little bit deeper to each character's past, and then also they come together like this crime. It's almost like a crime fighting team when you think of like they all have these different certain special characteristics and they join to like fight the evil that's facing them. So like the Justice League, yes, or a league possibly with extraordinary gentlemen. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> but it's a pretty you know that's the hook that grabbed me at first, and then. The, you know, they actually did come out. She does a fantastic job. Uh, Eva Green, amazing. She's, fan, like, it's she's crazy. amazing. Um, Josh Hartnett, I thought, was going to be um, Dorian Gray. Turned out not to mm. be Dorian Gray. 
Dorian Gray's character, what is it, uh, Reeve Carney? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Who, what has he done before? He is extremely beautiful to look at. He was, I think he was Spider-Man on the Spider-Man musical that they tried to do. Mm -hmm. I think that's his big claim to fame. Yeah, Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. Singer, songwriter, actor. He's pretty amazing. Yeah. um, Nice to look at. I don't necessarily get what he's doing in that show. Well, I think, like... He's kind of just there. The third season is going, with him and Lily, are going, it's going to be ever so different, I think. They have this plan to, like, take over this race of immortals, and I think that it, now that they're joined at the end of season two, it's going to really have a big impact on season three, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see in next spring when it uh, comes out. So um, far away, what if, like... What if I just, like, something happens to my eyes and I can't see it? That's, I worry about that. And is that weird? That's pretty weird. <laughs> I'm like, what if I get in this horrible car wreck and I never get to see season three? I felt that way the whole time I watched Lost. What if I die before the end of Lost and I never know what happens? Right, but that turned out to not necessarily be an issue because Lost it, it was didn't awful. really make any sense at the end. Okay, but still, like... What if... Like, you could this still is, listen to it, and I could describe the scenes <laughs> to you. I get emotionally invested in these shows that I'm obsessed with, mm-hmm. and I think about things like that, like, oh my god, if something were to happen to me and I don't get to see the end of it, it's dreadful. Like, penny dreadful. Like, I don't know what nice. I would do. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't suspect that's going to be a, an issue. Okay. Um, but It's uh, so far away. If it is, I would be happy to describe it to you as we go through. I'll tell you about the (laughs) naked witches. That's my new Halloween costume. That is going to be a good Halloween costume. Naked witches. Alan Quartermain was the guy's name. Oh, okay, we're going back to that. Alan Quartermain, I thought that's what Alan Quartermain was interesting because he was a, he was, they, they were obviously based on those characters. They took them, especially that guy, he's obviously based on Alan Quartermain because he's a hunter in Africa. He's looking for what I interpreted as he was looking for the secret to immortality, which was basically what Alan Quartermain was always looking for. Hmm. So it definitely is pretty influenced by League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Hmm. Maybe sense. I need to watch that, then. The movie sucks. The movie's okay. terrible, Good but I know. have the comic, okay. in, which is based on, which was written by Alan Moore, which we've talked about before. Uh, I remember names so well. Well, he's a pretty famous author. Okay, he's, well... One of the most revered comic book writers in history. I don't know why I don't know that then. Because um, I'm more of a Grant Morrison guy. They have a feud. <laughs> They're both magicians, so they're having a magician's feud. Okay. Uh, they don't like each other all that much. But that's a whole other subject we can get into another time. Oh, I can't wait. Maybe I can teach you about that. Can't wait. Yeah. So, yeah, Penny Dreadful um, is going to be good. I'm looking forward to uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde coming in, which we, has been announced. Mm-hmm. Um, he should That should be good. Um, I always like a good Dr. Jekyll. It's Dr. Jekyll, they haven't announced Mr. Hyde, but Dr. Jekyll's there. Um, he's going to be played by Shazad Latif. I have no idea who that is. Let's see. British oh. actor. Hmm. Um, also very handsome. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> Maybe that plays into it as well. Every single character in the show is extremely good looking. He like, was in Black Mirror. 
He was okay. in the national anthem episode of Black Mirror, which uh, I can't remember if that Did was the was that the one where they were trying to get him to fuck the sheep. Um, Sex I, with a pig. Yep. Yeah, that is that one. So I did hear on Netflix that they're going to be doing Black Mirror. Did you hear that? Yep, Black Mirror's coming back on Netflix. They've partnered up with, with Netflix to uh, start producing exclusive content. Um, Charlie Brooker, the, the creator, um, that's going to be pretty awesome. That was one of the biggest surprises, I think, um, for a lot of people last year. <clears throat> when that came out, uh, it was so much buzz that we'd never even heard of that show and then it hit Netflix and it was all everybody was talking about it it was amazing it was a, it was it was a so really bad. really great show you know it's crazy it was like one of those shows that I was like oh I don't want to see it and you forced me to watch it and I loved it yeah that, that's pretty much um, how that went <laughs> usually it was the same thing with, with Penny Dreadful and a lot of the shows you that didn't you watch and a lot me. of the movies I didn't know about watch. it um but typically, I have a pretty good batting average, I would say, with things that I recommend. Mm-hmm. And if you give them a chance, you usually seem to like them. Except wrestling. I think you'd like wrestling, too. If I you wouldn't like listen wrestling. To it. But, I mean, well, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, that's going to be exciting. And then there's also uh, talk that they are making a movie out of the episode, one of the episodes um, with Robert Downey Jr., yeah, I believe it's the one where um, they are rewinding the the memories that can take their memories out and put them on screens. I think that's the episode um, that they're going to be making into a movie. So that that could be pretty cool. Um, that was one of my favorite episodes of, of that show. I think that one was was probably one of my best, uh, one of my favorites. Did you have a, a favorite episode of uh, Black Mirror? Um, probably the one where, um, God, everyone's, like, living in those white rooms Mm -hmm. and they ride treadmills all day to earn currency Mm -hmm. to be able to live. Mm -hmm. Um, it, I thought, was a really good episode. Um, I'd have to rewatch it again. It's been a while since we've watched it. Um, but that was probably my favorite. What was the name of it? Um, I mean, it was it was two seasons plus a Christmas episode, so there's only six episodes altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, Fifteen million merits. Oh, that's right. Uh, was the one, um, and yeah, I thought that was a pretty. The whole show is based. It's the it's the idea of how technology is taking over and how mm-hmm. we uh, our relationship with technology. And it, it, I actually heard on one of the podcasts I listened to. I I don't remember which one it was right now. They're talking about it and they and I agree with the way that they described it which was on paper it sounds really really boring and I think you found that before mm-hmm. you watched it you were like mm-hmm. I don't want to watch the show Twilight Zone basically updated to talk about technology sounds awful um, but what they said on the podcast I think it was the indoor kids with Kamel Najiani and, and his wife Emily uh, they said watch the first 10 or 15 minutes of the first episode which is the prime minister mm-hmm. having to fuck the pig um, and in that 10 or 15 minutes, you will decide either this is a show that you're going to be into or this is just not for you. Yeah, well, it definitely, um, it, it hooked me. It was very memorable, something I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, what I thought about 15 Million Merits was like this relationship of, of us as, as 
today people going to work every day and just like grinding and working really hard to get a paycheck um, to basically be able to sustain to be able to go to work and get a paycheck and I thought um, there was a lot of similarities in that mm-hmm. it was pretty cool um, and then everyone just really trying and waiting to have that big break, not necessarily in the singing contest that they portray in the show, but like everyone just trying to make it, whether it's get a promotion, whether it's retire, whatever, just trying to get to that point and it's just you either do it or you don't. Yeah, that was uh, that was a good um, a good lesson to take out of it because it was that you're on the treadmill, you're working all day and you're coming home and you're spending the money that you earned or you're saving it to try to get that big break and you know the the idea that everything is microtransactions in that world mm-hmm. you, you're you get so many credits and you can trade them in for this you can trade them in for that and some people have a lot of them some people have none um that's what everything's going to it, it's you you microtransactions are crazy you drop a dollar 99 on a on a game that you you don't get anything out of and then you're you know that's 15 minutes of your work sad um and the singing competition i thought was a good um a good comparison to the idea of trying to get just famous doesn't matter what you do you're Mm. just famous that's what kids want to be today is famous it used to be you want to be a firefighter you want to be an astronaut you want to be a police officer you want to be whatever um and they keep saying now that kids just want to be famous. So weird. They want to be Kim Kardashian, just famous. They want to have a Twitter presence. They want to have followers. They want to have all this stuff. And it is really weird, right? It's super weird. I mean, like, we weren't raised like that. Who? We were raised in a time that, and we're, thir- I'm 33, you're 34. It, <laughs> we're not that old. It wasn't that long ago that something... <laughs> Somebody got famous because they either killed a whole bunch of people or they had a genuine talent that they could bring to the masses. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, in our day and age... Well, it's a little bit... <laughs> Back <laughs> in our day. Back in our day. There's kids today. Uh, oh, those damn kids. Get off my lawn. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, I grew up in a household where my mother was trying to get famous through her singing career. That's right. So, like, I understand it a little bit, but I never had the thrive... I never had the want to be famous because I just wasn't talented like that. Like, I was like, what do I have to bring to the table? Nothing that is going to involve fame. You know, now as an adult, I realize my talents lie in the work I do or my talents lie in my ability to communicate with others um, on a level that is valuable to a, a business. So it's just different. Um, you know, I grew up thinking my idea wasn't I just want to be famous. My idea is, like, I just really want to be able to have a house and, like, um, have lots of cats. And like, have the American dream, Have the right? American dream. That's and something I, that they used to tell you right. about. You were promised that. You go, you do the right thing. You go to school, you work hard, you mm-hmm. go to college, you get a job, you work hard, you get a house, you get, a you know, your own family. You get to do all of that stuff. And that's not something that's... You know, when I was graduating from school, from high school, in the year 2000... 1999. I get it. For you. Old. I was graduating at the turn of the millennium, Mm -hmm. and we were promised all of these things. That's what it was. And I went to college, and I got to college. I went to college for a journalism, for journalism. I wanted to be a photojournalist. Mm -hmm. 
And I thought, you just go and you do it and you get a job. I'd be working at the New York Times, I'd be selling photos, I'd be Peter Parker. <laughs> and, you know, with a little Hunter S. Thompson thrown in, and, I, you know, that would be my life. I'd be his globetrotting adventurer, taking pictures, you know, all over the world. And the world was at a point where it was changing, right? Mm-hmm. In the year 2000, everything was changing. Technology. New media, right? Yeah. yeah. I went to school, and the, the, a lot of the journalism kids were talking about new media. They were doing taking these new media classes, something they had just come up with the year before. Uh, and it was Photoshop, and it was... Uh, you know, Final Cut or whatever. It was it was all this stuff going to your computer and teaching you how to do that. And I was like, what is... My computer sucks. How is my computer ever going to do any of these things? It's so weird that you bring that up because my goal... Um, you know, it's so weird. Like, in, in high school, what I enjoyed doing was working in newspaper, working in yearbook. Like, and I really just wanted to work for a magazine. Like, that is what I wanted to do. Doing layouts... Um, thinking of stories, doing copy, like I wanted to work for a magazine. That was always a goal. However, when it was time for me to go into school and time for me to go into college, it was like, well, that's not going to pay the fucking bills, right? A freelance life is not a life anybody (laughs) wants to live. Like, that's not going to pay the bills. What can I do? Well, I really enjoy science and I'm good at math. So, like, I will go into pre-med. And it was like... As you do. As you do. (laughs) If you want to be successful. You're good at science and math. Let's do pre-med. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I thought, like, that, and not necessarily pre-med doctor, but, like, pre-med psychiatry, pre-med nursing, whatever. That, that's like. the thing, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to interrupt you here, Ridge, just real quick, just stick that in. That was the thing, though. You were good at science and math, so you went into pre-med because you thought, I will have a career path at this point. Somebody mm-hmm. has done this. I'm not blazing this trail, this new thing. This has been done for the last hundred years. This is the steps that I take, and this is what my life will be afterwards. Mm-hmm. That's why you did that, right? Yeah. Money. Right. Because that's what I was told that made you happy. And that's not what happened. So what, so what happened in your pre-med studies? Um, I really liked drinking and drugs. <laughs> that was way more fun than going to biology yeah, lab. Animal House came in. It wasn't, oh, it God. wasn't fucking House, ad, uh, house uh, MD. It was Animal House. Well, and that's not even that it's And that's what we all did. Yeah, I mean, well, and I had a very lax, like... High, like towards the end of my high school my mom got divorced like she wasn't around and I got to do pretty much what I wanted to do and I was like well it's so much easier to just really drink a lot or it's really mm-hmm. much easier to do drugs and like party than it is to study and make anything worth it and so. besides you have your 20 years old you're 18 years old you have a million years to do whatever you want to do fuck it <laughs> That's pretty much how my thing went, too. I stayed in school for a year. Um, by the end of the second semester, or by the beginning of the second semester, I was basically just living in the dorm. I was not going to school. High five, me too. Yeah, it, it was a waste of time and waste money. Of money. Uh, it was ridiculous. Yeah, and and nowadays, let me tell you, like what I do in my work... Mm-hmm. You can have learned in college. I work at a startup. I work at a startup, and my CEO of my startup is... My age, um, I work with the majority of people where the mean age is probably like 25. I get that. <laughs> There's a couple, like my boss is 24. Mm-hmm. My boss was born in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Hello. Sad. He's mm-hmm. incredibly intelligent and in- incredibly well-versed. Um, but it just shows you, you know, he graduated from Berkeley. Like, it just shows you, like, what the college education could have done. However, I'm still working side by side with people that 
have degrees, have masters, and I'm making the same amount of money they are, right? I'm doing the exact same job they are doing, Mm -hmm. um, if not better, right? Um, Because I do have a little bit more life experience. But, um, you know, I think it's coming about, especially people like our age and even a little bit younger are learning that maybe college isn't the way to go. I, I agree. I mean, I still want colleges around because I want my doctorate. I have a college education. No. I want... <laughs> Surprise. I would little like... little insight into me, I want my doctors to know I anatomy. just want him to, like, poke at me and tell me what's wrong. Right. Just real quick. Like... Even, even that's going away, though. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's a whole other thing. But they, they are... It's a maker culture now. And I think that we, as people who didn't grow up in that don't necessarily completely understand it. Like you said, your your CEO is the same age as you. Mm-hmm. He is a doer. He got out there and he did it. He said, I've got this idea for something. I'm taking it. I'm making it. Talking and that's hats, right? what, yeah, and to, to wrap back around to the beginning of this whole tangent. He went to Harvard. Well, okay, that, whatever. <laughs> but he, but he, there's plenty of people I'm sure that go to Harvard that don't come up with great multi-million, possibly billion-dollar ideas. I know, that's crazy. It doesn't mean that just because he went to Harvard doesn't mean that he, that's how he came up with that idea. That doesn't necessarily have any impact on what he's doing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it helps. I'm sure it taught him discipline. Uh, You know, I'm sure sure he learned a lot of things there. But I don't think he came up with that idea and made this startup that is successfully shaking the establishment out there um, because he went to Harvard. I think he did it because he had a fire. He, you know, he had somebody. He had a fire in his gut, and he was a doer. Um, and what I was saying to wrap it back around to the beginning of this tangent, that's what those kids who say, "I just want to be famous," are oh. missing. They don't have the fire. They think they don't. They miss that part of it. They don't get that story. It's just a right they wish they they think they have. They've been brought up to being told that they are. You're wonderful. You're talented. You're so great. Special. There's no losers on this team. Everybody's a winner, right? You've heard about the soccer teams where they go out and no participation trophies. Yeah. If you want to hear about participation trophies, we're not keeping score. That's the that's three quarters of what Adam Grola talks about all the time. Mm-hmm. Your your demigod. My idol. <laughs> I, I, I mean, he and he's so brilliant because, and it's another example of a guy. Barely graduated high school, never mm-hmm. went to college, mm-hmm. but he's a maker. He did it. He went out and did it, and that's the, you know, he worked hard. He was cleaning carpets, and, you know, then he was teaching boxing. He, you know, to become a boxing instructor, he had to convince the guy who owned the boxing gym that he was, um, you know, that he could come in and help remodel. And he did that at night, overnights. And, you know, he was there long enough doing carpentry, not boxing, because the guy did not want to hire him as a boxing instructor, was there enough in talking to this guy and got made that relationship with the guy to let him in. And eventually he let him start teaching boxing a couple days a week. And then that led to him meeting Jimmy Kimmel. And then it went from there. Why do we sound like we are 85? Because we are old enough now where those kids who have grown up in that world are starting to enter the workforce. We're starting to have to interact with them. And we're starting to see that what that lifestyle, I guess, it's not the word I'm looking for, but, you know, what that kind of um, being brought up like that, that impact is having. And it's crazy. It's ridiculous. Uh, You know, it's, I deserve this because I'm the best. Why are you the best? I just am. (laughs) 
That's I'm not, special. That's not okay. You're not special. We're not <laughs> all little snowflakes and rays of sunshine. We're ants. We are workers. We are, you know, somebody will rise to the top, but you don't just do it because you want to be famous. You know, you, you do it because you've actually got something to, to, to bring to the table. I want to be famous. I want to be famous, too. I would love to quit my <laughs> stupid desk job and be famous and be able to live off of, you know, that some thing that I love to do, but that's not how it works for everybody. And yeah. You, you know, you've you got to figure that out, and these, nobody's told those kids that, you know? So it's, that, that's, that's pretty nuts. Do you think that's why we don't have kids? I... I don't know. That's Could um, you imagine raising a kid right now, like, in this world that we live in with... I mean, okay, you're 15 years old, mm-hmm. right? It's imagine terrifying. The idea of having a teenage 15-year-old mind with a cell phone where you can take pictures and put them on the interwebs. And, oh. like, I was this overly sexualized, little awful demon of a child at 15, and I can't even imagine the shit I would have gotten into. It's crazy. That is terrifying. I can't imagine having a teenage girl (laughs) in the house, but let alone with access to the entire world in their pocket at all times. Like, you remember watching Scrambled Porn? Yes. Scrambled boobs. I think I saw a nipple. Yeah. That is amazing. That is what, like, oh my god, I'm watching Skinamax late at night after my parents are asleep. Nowadays, they can literally take their cell phone and Google free porn <laughs> and watch people having sex with animals. Like, it's fucking nuts to me. And that's not even the nuttiest thing. That's a pretty tame thing. I know. It's just every day. Like, did you hear about the girl in the news? Maybe you can, like, look this up while we're talking about it. Welcome to the old people cast. (laughs) We are old people complaining about young people. I don't know how that happened. This young girl, um, really young, blonde girl, I don't know where, I don't know, Switzerland, some shit, like, was obsessed with watching ISIS beheadings, and then she stabbed her mother. I didn't hear that particular story, but I've been. There's been a bunch of stories like that where these kids are watching things, they're being exposed to things that um, they're not ready for. They're not, you know, their head's not ready for, and they. So she stabbed her mother to death. I don't know if it's true. I've never heard of that. You know, it's like I. It's scary to think. um, That's really what today's coming to. Yeah, it's here. It is. NBC News, so it's real. Because <laughs> we all know that the, the bastion of real news is... Oh, she killed her. ...anything on the network. Okay, A 16-year-old so. Danish teen stabbed her mother to death after watching ISIS beheading videos has been jailed for nine years, local media report, reported. This is in... Old. This is old. This is right? old. Is it? I don't know. This is from September 16th, 2015. Okay. A couple days old. And there's her Instagram picture... She's thug-like. Thug life, living in London as a Danish teen. Like, what? Her Iraqi boyfriend had watched beheading videos on the night of the murder and had agreed to kill her mother together. Uh, however, they blamed each other for the murder during the trial. Uh, her boyfriend was sentenced to 13 years in prison for his role in, in the killing. 
Uh, Danish media reported the teen stepfather as saying she was infatuated with ISIS and he feared she would become more radicalized in prison. Jeez. That's, that's, I don't Go I back don't up to her that. picture. So she's this blonde girl, and I know we're on a podcast. She's Danish, so of course she's, she's Danish. blonde. <laughs> she's pretty girl, wearing an oversized ball cap and like a 1980s, like, what is that, members only jacket. You know, I, I don't understand and this is the kind of thing that's so scary is that having access to things like you and I as a child we were sheltered from Mm -hmm. I don't know scary it is scary it's weird I mean it wasn't that long ago where people were getting horrified because they were seeing images of Vietnam on their TVs they were seeing the first time they could actually see legitimate warfare um, you know unfiltered not filtered through the government it was real journalists out there taking video and photos of things and it was gruesome and people were up in arms that they were seeing things like that that was in the 70s mm-hmm. I mean that wasn't that long ago you know and now people are seeing these things and, and I, I've never heard of a story of anybody seeing that on TV uh, you know footage of Vietnam and going out and telling people that they're going to join the, the, the Vietnamese army and you know fight the US I don't know where that comes from what does that I don't care about anything enough to do that <laughs> I don't understand where that comes from I mean it's not that I don't care maybe I don't believe in something hard enough to do that like I, I love a good murder you know how I feel about murder but you are obsessed with murder shows I'm obsessed with the idea of murder and maybe that's awful and but I'm not looking to go out there and you're murder not obsessed people. with the idea of murder I think you're uh, you are obsessed with the pro the crime solving process you're obsessed with finding you get frustrated when you they don't get arrested or the case doesn't get solved at the end. You like to see the process, I think, from beginning to end. I do. I think I am, um, I'm just a murder cop in disguise. And I just want to go out there and solve crime. You're murder police, just like the guys on the wire. Like, I want to wear a trench coat and smoke cigars and, like, drink Colombian coffee and go out there and solve crimes. I was thinking of you more as, like, a crime-solving lady, Oh, I mean, yeah. And but heels. what you're describing is Bullock from Gotham, <laughs> from Gotham City, from Batman, the the slovenly guy who hangs out with Jim Gordon. Well, he, sometimes yeah. as a bad guy and sometimes as a mean, good guy. I mean, he's kind of cool, but <laughs> <laughs> going off on another track here. Um, I pulled this headline for you because you're from Houston. Hmm. Houston to edge past Chicago as third largest city in America. What do you think of that? That is not something I would have guessed. Really? But then, this is the first paragraph, right? This is from CNBC um, from the 14th of September. It says, Hidden in the haze of the petrochemical plants and beyond the seemingly endless traffic jams... A, tr- <laughs> a Texas city has grown so large that it is poised to pass Chicago as the third biggest in the United States in the next decade. That is not a glowing review of a city on the up and up to me. It's fucking disgusting there. Okay, so born and raised from Texas, like, as a Texas girl, like, you are just pruned to really love Texas and everything about Texas and like being a southern girl and we're from the south and y'all this y'all that but when you get down there it's disgusting I've been there once and it was if it wasn't so humid 
it might have been manageable, but it was not so great. I didn't love it. And I'm sorry to any Texas people out there. No, I mean, if you want to talk about Texas, like Austin and San Antonio and, like, fuck the panhandles better. Like, when you get down to Houston, you're basically in Louisiana. It's disgusting. It seems like those would be cities that would be on the rise. Austin is something that over the last 10 or 15 years has grown into a little mini metropolis, right? Property values are way up. This, I saw this headline, and I was like, oh, this will be something nice to show my wife, who has raised and lived in Houston for years. It's becoming the third largest city in America. You think of the growing boom of, like, the, you know, manifest destiny and the bumbling, you know, the, the, the... buzzing metropolises of Chicago and, and New York and when they were beautiful, shining cities, that first paragraph makes it sound terrible and like something that we should stop. Well, the port of Houston's like <laughs> right there. So that's where they're talking about the chemical plants. Call it's they call it stinkadina. It's like Pasadena, but it's stinkadina because it smells so bad. Um, so the petrochemical is just like all the oil refineries, like right there smack dab near the water because, you know, Gulf of Mexico. And then uh, the endless traffic jams. Endless traffic jams. It's so endless bad. traffic jams. It's so bad. It's like it's literally it's so hidden bad. in the haze of the petrochemical plants and beyond the seemingly endless traffic jams. So smog and traffic. If you can get past these two terrible things that people hate, there's a city that has grown so large that it is poised to pass Chicago as the third biggest in the United States in the next decade. It sounds like this place is terrible, and against all odds, it's been, gotten big. Like, guess what? This disgusting place is big now. <laughs> That's what that is saying to me now. It, it, it goes on, and it, it gets a little better, but it sounds that opening paragraph struck me as, as like, this is, this is terrible. I, I don't want to live. I don't want that to be the first thing that somebody writes about my city is behind the disgusting chemical plants and traffic jams. Uh, it... it I don't know, it just it struck me as... It's gross. Funny. Um, I mean, I when I left, I left at a good time. Um, and I feel like every time I've gone back to visit, I like go back and I'm like, ooh, everything just looks very old compared to where it was when I was, you know, younger 20 years ago. That was my impression of it, too, was that the boom had passed already. Like, the housing boom. Like, there was a housing boom there, I'm assuming, like uh, everywhere and, else. And that... Things grew and, and spread, and everybody upgraded their all their stuff, but then it went away. Like It felt like it was on the way down. Not it, it, Again, this, this makes it sound like against all odds, this city is growing. Uh, it just doesn't sound like a very glowing... Yeah, part of that also has to do... Um, it's with, industrial. It well, yeah, but we live in Phoenix now, where everything's brand new. So traveling back to... Houston, it just seems super old. And if we were to go visit Maine anytime soon, it would seem even older. So we were talking about the girl who joined ISIS and stabbed her mother to death. Um, yes, riveting. Right. You like people getting stabbed? I like murder. I don't condone murder. Let me just take a step back. I do not condone murder. Do not. However extremely interesting to read about it watch about it and then like these really bad reenactment on you know on the id network Mm -hmm. yeah live for it they're great 
And the ones on the oxygen channel where it's... Yeah, women snapped. I get it. Women who justifyingly killed their husbands because their husbands were terrible. That's justifiable. (laughs) (laughs) Snapped, yes, I get it. I get it. I get... I feel a lot of pain. Not saying murder's right, but I get it. I can empathize with both sides. That's an odd. I'm an odd one. Here's a good story for you, Amy. Ew. Saskatoon tenants fight to leave wasp-infested apartment. Why uh, is that a fight? Why don't you just leave? What? Oh, there's one of the Buddha cats now. Um, so you pretty famously have a terrifying, to the core, fear of wasps, bees. All of that. Like... Flying at me can come and cause me harm. I'm probably not going to like it. Right. And you're not talking about mosquitoes. You're talking about a little sting from a bee or a wasp. No, a bee. Yeah. It's not <laughs> little. It's, but it's a, you, um, it may as well be somebody coming to murder you. I saw my girl, Macaulay yeah. Culkin, died. Yeah, that's true. He did die. But he was allergic to bees. I don't know if I'm allergic because I've never been stung. Do you understand that? That's like a totally rational fear. No, I, I agree. It's It's possible. It's definitely in the world of possibility. <laughs> the first I, time I get stung, I die. I die because it's a bee and I die. Very overwhelmingly likely not going to happen, but... You never know. You never know, I suppose. I don't carry an EpiPen. Sure. Um, so this story, uh, only a month after moving into her new Saskatoon home, Tatiana Kim says a swarm of unexpected roommates is making the apartment unlivable. Uh, this is from the CTV News, obviously, in uh, Saskatoon. Um, Kim says her landlord warned her of a small wasp problem on the day she and her family moved in, but mm. inside the unit she found an infestation of buzzing insects. Okay, one. Anyone tells me that there's a small wasp problem, mm-hmm. I'm not moving in. Yeah, that's pretty... Like, would you move in? Uh, it doesn't seem like it, but it sounds like... From the rest of the story, it sounds like the landlord told her after they had already signed the lease and told her on moving in day that there was a small wasp problem. You know, it sounds like they were probably mm. saying something like, well, we'll take care of it. It's no big deal. Turns out there's an entire colony of wasps that, that it can't get rid of. Um, they've had two exterminators out trying to kill them, and the colony keeps surviving. And now the big story is that the landlord won't let her out of a lease. Uh, so she's living from your perspective, in a household full of murderous insects. Yeah. What do you do in that situation? You leave. (laughs) You tell the landlord to go fuck yourself. Yeah, you know. Capture all the wasps, take the colony, place it in a bag, and drop it in the landlord's house. It's probably in the wall somewhere. The pictures show them trying to vacuum up the wasps. They're all along the windows. They're probably in the wall, it sounds like. Why do you stay? Well, what else are you going to do? You leave. Where are you going to go? You stay at a friend's house. You sleep at the homeless shelter. You do anything but stay in that death trap of a house. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's pretty, pretty crazy. I mean, I, I agree. It is something that, you know, what, what would you do? What would you do? Well, you signed a contract. I mean, I guess I I would think that in the contract somewhere in the lease, it would say that if if a house becomes unlivable, you can't stay in it. So if you're getting stung by wasps, I would think that's. Grounds for being. I just feel like this isn't a news story because I would have been gone by now. You, yeah. Well, these are Canadians, so they're super polite. Oh. It's like, you know, hey, um, we signed this lease and 
you know, I noticed that there was a few wasps, a few thousand wasps a? living in the wall. <laughs> I just feel like maybe I should leave, eh? Uh, yeah. The landlord's like, well, I don't think so. You signed this lease. Oh, I guess I did. Mm, sorry. Sorry to bother you, eh? No, fuck no. Welcome to America. Pack your shit and leave. Yeah, it says... Put that on my credit. I don't even care. It says she wrote the Office of Residential Tenancies. I'm <laughs> told it's been, it'll be more than a month before she gets a hearing on the case. Mm. Um, in the meantime, she is dying. Yeah, in the meantime, it says her family will have to continue to pay rent <laughs> and live among the wasps. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't have to. There are plenty of places to live in Canada. Yeah, I agree. That is something that I would not want to be inside of. That's that's pretty rough. So, you know how I get, like, when we're outside walking outside, right, in the free open air, mm-hmm. and a bee comes near me? Mm-hmm. Total mad chaos. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine me walking to a house full of wasps? I, I can't. I, I, you know, I'm not scared of wasps, but I wouldn't want to live in a colony of them. Have you ever been stung by a wasp? I've been stung by bees. I don't know that I've ever been stung by a wasp. The, imagine, like, bee times a million. How do you know? You've never been stung. I mean, look at them. They look like a little meaner of a bee. A they sleeker, look awful. Like a newer model of a bee. Like, there are mascots for college football teams named hornets, Right. Same thing, pretty much as a wasp. The such and such hornets. You don't hear such and such bees. <laughs> the bumblebees. No, but like what college is named bees? They're all wasps and hornets. Yeah. Because they are angry fuckers. They're aggressive, right? They're going to come eat you. Yeah. I'm just saying. Let's talk about sports. It's football season. Can I tell you how angry I am that like, I have this radio station I listen to every way, every morning on the way to work. And, like, it's just become part of my routine. They do their weak little funny thing, and they're extremely, like, I don't know, kind of conservative, but really funny, a little bit racist, but totally made in jest, and I really enjoy listening to this radio show in the morning. Well, ever since football season, these three guys sit around and talk about football with football erections, and I have to, like, channel surf. It pisses me off. Yeah, people like people like the footballs. I... You know, I, I, I watch a football game. I don't get the investment into it. I, I have nothing to do with it. I have nothing to on the line if they win or lose. I guess it's civic pride. I don't know. There were two guys talking about it the other day at work, and they were saying, well, we're going to go, we're going to show you how it's done, or something where he's using pronouns like we. Like, he's actually out on the field playing the game. Yeah, no, you're not, guy. You're no, talking about it. you're not. I, here I can see in Phoenix, it's it's civic pride. We've got a football team. We're super psyched up about it. People love football. It brings a lot of money in. I, I can see why people would get into it. I mean, like super into it. You're from Texas. I mean, you your your area. They love their football in Texas. But like, I, I don't know. You know, I never got it. I don't know. I I can't. I don't have the time to sit around and watch football all the time. It just doesn't interest me that much. I'd rather be doing a uh, hundred other things. Same with baseball, you know, basically all sports. But basketball I can watch. But I, again, even mm-hmm. now I don't care so much about following it. And I never referred to it as we. I... We never did anything. <laughs> we sat on the couch and watched a game on television. Right. Didn't even go to the stadium. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't get it. And every time someone talks about it, I feel the urge to, like, leave the room. Yeah, it, it really does take over the conversation. We're talking about 
specific stuff taking over the conversation, this shooter guy in Phoenix. We've oh. got this IH-10 shooter guy. Pull up his picture. So tired of hearing about it. Really? So tired of it. Well, okay. So when it was happening, and it was like, do I get on the freeway today? Because I could be shot at. Okay. He didn't kill anyone. But they are treating like this is the Oklahoma City bomber. Listen, it's not a good thing. I mean, we definitely want to go on record that it is not a good thing. No. But... And I was frightened. I was frightened because it's like, well, there's some, some crazy fuck. But are you frightened? The thing comes, it comes from, it's not a, you're not frightened because I'm legitimately going to get shot. It is dangerous to be outside. You're no. frightened because of the culture of fear that the news media is coming, making you yes. get into. They're, they're, they're 10 shots or 11 shots or whatever, 11 vehicles hit by something, four of them are projectiles. They're, they're not even saying that it's their guns. You know, one of them was an armored truck. You know, my take on it is that, you know, uh, yeah, somebody's been hurt. You know, there was a little girl who got scratched on the eye from something. You know, it's a non-story. It it really is nothing. So this guy, like... 21-year-old guy fucking around. Yeah. And he, okay, like, we're on a podcast, and you can always Google this. But um, he looks like he lives at home with his parents, hasn't had a clean shave in at least a good six months, nor a haircut, and probably does a lot of masturbating. He's a college kid. I mean, he... Uh, there's a hundred. There's hundreds of those kids around here. He looks scared. He looks scared because he was probably messing around and something happened, and then now, now he is a terrorist. Do you know that they've arrested him in a Walmart? Dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well. I mean, he was just doing everyday shopping. I, I suppose. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's any connection to him trying to be a terrorist um held on a million dollars bond jesus like reviewing a list of pawn shops that purchased or loaned money or any firearms that matched the maker caliber that's how they caught him that's how they caught up with him he's they're thinking they're saying that he's responsible for what four of them the first four it, it, it really is a crazy thing it it's it doesn't make any sense it looks like he went and took his gun to a pawn shop, and that's how the shit went down? I guess. It says, here's the statement from the Mo Money Pawn Shop. <laughs> Stop. Released this statement on Facebook last Friday night. On Wednesday, September 16th, 2015, management at Mo Money Pawn Shop were yep. contacted at, by detectives from the Arizona Department of Public Safety, asking for our cooperation in finding a certain caliber and make of handgun. Detectives and ballistic experts from AZDPS examined several weapons, and after further ballistics testing, found the weapon they thought to be a match of the weapon used in several of the I-10 shootings. Pawn shops in the state of Arizona are required to keep by law to keep detailed records of all transactions conducted, and in this case, as well as several in the past, our diligence has assisted law enforcement officers at apprehending the suspect. So, it, what, did he... He turned in his gun at a pawn shop? I guess, I mean... He's a kid. This is a kid. It doesn't make any sense. You know, I don't think he's a terrorist. I think he's made some poor choices. And he's going to have to spend the rest of his life dealing with those poor choices, man. I don't necessarily know if he was intending to hurt anyone, do you think? I don't think... I I don't know. I mean, I don't have any way to know. And the news is around here is terribly, terribly Obsessed. lacking in any real detail. 
You, yeah. We have no way to know. But this has been the news cycle for the last two weeks, three, three weeks. It's three. crazy. It, there's We know virtually nothing about it. Hmm. And, uh, we'll find out more, I guess. It's ridiculous. He's probably nuts. I would go out on a limb and on a limb here and say that there's probably people in Phoenix who have shot more than four cars. Hmm. Would you say that? Yeah. And it just never made the news? Yeah. There's shootings here all the time. All the time. Four counts of aggravated assault, criminal damage, disorderly conduct, endangerment, discharging a firearm within city limits, disorderly conduct involving a weapon, carrying out a drive-by shooting, and intentional acts of terrorism. Oh, that's the one that's going to stick. He is in trouble. Never living in the country, right? <laughs> this kid, Ever? This kid is, he's done. Mm-hmm. There's no way. And especially the grip of fear that this had over the city. You know, and this is all alleged. We don't know that this is what this kid, we don't know that this is the kid who did it. Um, he, note, has two children of his own. Could never afford the bond. And I got two kids, you know, he says. It just, it's crazy. Goes back to the movie Idiocracy. Great movie, right? I think we watched it recently mm-hmm. because we're just like, oh, it's so cool. Mike Judge, the creator of Beavis yeah. and Butthead, Silicon yes. Valley. And it just brings Kingdom. you back that this 21-year-old kid has two children of his own. Do you think those kids are growing up to be something special? Not anymore. Or are they tried. like a whole lifetime of therapy? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be strange. The therapy probably would have... Been there, mm. court mandated. You think? Mm. This is we're terrible people. Mm. <laughs> but this is society. This is the society that we live in now. It, it's not. It is what it is. But this ties back to the people, the kids that feel self entitled that they're something special and want to be famous. What is this guy doing at at twenty one years old that he should have two kids? What is, what is he? What is Having he doing? Is sex, this guy? Which is crazy. Well, I get the. I get specifically what he was doing. Well, okay, but <laughs> there was a girl out there that wanted to have sex with him. I twice. get. I get the process. Okay. Um, what I'm saying is, what is what is he doing for a job? Does this guy have, you know, money? Is he married? Does it? Do these old-fashioned values of mine, where I feel like you should be able to take care of your family. Well, considering he's out blindly shooting people on the freeway, I doubt there's a lot of family values. Instilled in this young man. Yeah, it's really, it's a really strange thing. It's not a, not a good. This is not a good direction, society. We will keep you updated though, because it's an interesting story out of Phoenix. I know it made national headlines. However, like I'm sure the national headlines dropped it after they found the guy. I'm sure this the local headlines will drop it after they found the guy. Uh, we'll we probably never hear about this again. Hmm. They they caught a guy who shot four cars. We're done with this story. On, on to the next one. It makes it, it's ridiculous, and Phoenix local Phoenix media, come on, really, between talking about that all the time and then the the goddamn home and blind landscape show. That's mm-hmm. it. That's the news. Welcome to the news in Phoenix. It's <laughs> it, there's never any real news. I mean, it, these aren't not stories. He didn't know. say I'm the wrong guy. Of course he did. I would say that too. You, you've got the wrong guy. Lee Harvey Oswald said that you got the wrong guy. Also, he his, um, the suspect's Facebook status once read, if you fuck with me or my fam, you better watch your back. Okay. I feel like there's several rappers that have said that before. I feel like that as well. Okay. But then here's, a, here's an interesting... Um, can I, here's, here's an interesting... I don't, I don't <laughs> Side know. note. Side note. Right next to these stories 
45 stories about highway shooters, there's a story about a new pistol with a built-in silencer. Mm. Okay. What kind of a message are we sending here? Are guns good or guns bad? We live in Arizona. Guns are great. Guns are fine. Guns are perfectly fine. I took a picture once, um, driving, stopped at a light. I was going to my old job, and it was this guy riding, riding like, a crotch rocket motorcycle Mm -hmm. with a pistol, like, strapped to his back. Mm -hmm. Like, all out, shirt flying up, you could see it. And that's, like, sums up Arizona right there. In Arizona, it's, you're okay to have concealed weapons. You're, you know, the, the gun laws, I would not say lax, but they're, you know, they're, Lacks compared to where I came from in Maine, you, there was concealed weapons, but you had to have permits, you had to have safety course, you had to do all these things. In Arizona, you just don't have to be a felon for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, although I feel like most of the felons probably have guns already. Mm, illegally. You're from Texas. Guns are all over the place, right? It's more here than it has ever been in Texas. Yeah? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Cowboys, like, riding around. I always picture Texas okay. as the guy in the denim pants and the denum shirt with the cowboy hat, and he's got a couple pistols. Um, in case you didn't know, Houston is the third largest city. I did know that. I've, I've learned that recently. <laughs> and I know that once you get beyond the petrochemical <laughs> haze and the seemingly endless traffic, that, that is the case. Mm, all that traffic not caused by horses, my friend. Also not being held up, I'm sure, by somebody shooting... The I-10. Brinks trucks. Brinks truck. The guy... Shot a Brinks truck. Well, he's not the smartest. We saw his picture. A, an armored truck? Yeah. Wow. It's so frustrating. It seems like, and this is a controversial, this will be my controversy corner. My, okay. my controversy corner? Clearly this kid wasn't trying to do anything super bad because he didn't do it very well. Right? It, We've heard you say that. Well, we as you, in me and the You've cats. heard me say this. And the cats. The cats were subject. Yeah. It, it seems like if you really want to do some damage, you don't shoot an armored truck. You shoot trucks, you shoot people, you go to stores, you do whatever. You, you, the highway seems like the worst place to do it. Mm. I don't know. You don't have an opinion on this? No. You don't have an opinion on the... No. The, all right, well... He did it. Allegedly. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Next story. Do, 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 cat segment, cat segment. Yeah, so, I mean, that seems like a reasonable thing to have on a Buddha cat podcast. <laughs> cat segment, cat news. Meow. This All right. is where Amy takes the lead. I do take the lead because I happen to be a cat lady. And I think, like, little story, one of the reasons I was most attracted to Jeff is his love of his two cats, Yuri and Quinn. Two cats. He had two cats. Um, just two. Just two. Which I seemed mean, overwhelming at the time. They I were, never thought more than two cats would ever come into my life. They were a product of divorce from, well, not a divorce, but like a separation from his ex. And Jeff fought for the cats. I love it. And that tenacity, his love for his felines totally got me. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't much of a fight. It was me saying, I don't like the way that you live and I'm taking the cats. Hmm. See ya. <laughs> so, for my 30th birthday, I'm about to turn 35, um, I went down to the Humane Society in Bangor, Maine, and I was like, I'm getting a cat, because I finally was living in a place where I could have a cat, and I was at a relationship where he was allergic, whatever. Um, and so I was super excited to like get this cat, and Jeff and I went, and we were just dating at the time. 
just started dating actually as like a couple couple and went to the Humane Society and she just was the first thing I saw when I walked in and like I put my fingers in the cage and she bit me and I was like it's it this is my cat so we adopted her or I adopted her then we moved in three cats three cats and um, My, my two cats multiplied to three cats then we were volunteering at an animal shelter and uh, just scooping up some cat boxes, playing uh, with the kitties. Helping out, giving back to, this, to the well, it's community. Lost Our Home Pet Foundation. Mm-hmm. Great cat place in Phoenix. Good plug. And um, well, Jeff is like, look at this cat. And I was like, oh my God, she's amazing. And she was new to the shelter and she had the poopiest little butt. And she was so snuggly and so sweet. And we left. And for that week, we talked about it. And I basically threw a fit until we got her. Yeah, that was a long week of my life is going to be a living hell until you get to have that cat. It was then that I learned how <laughs> duplicitous you can be. I thought we were doing something nice to for the community, which we were. Mm-hmm. But... I'm fairly certain that in the back of your mind, you knew you were going to get another cat. No, four is excessive. It was a way to get me to the pet shelter. Mm, I'm not, no, I'm not going there. Anyway, Mm. we brought Bucky home in her furry little, little butt, and she's so cute, and she walked in and immediately dropped the cuteness and became the head of the household. She walked right in as a very young kitten. Just old enough to get away from her mom, like eight weeks old, two mm-hmm. months old, something like that. Just old enough to get away from her mom, walked into a house full of three adult cats, like she owned the place. No problem. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I'm here. Mine. Mine. This is, yeah, my house now. And, uh, we'll, <laughs> you can check her out on Jeff's YouTube for Booty Cat Films. Um, she's the one with the extremely fancy bushy tail. She, yeah, she's the, there's a Calico. film there. Yeah, a film there called Bucky's Big Day that she's oh. a part of, uh, and you can see that. Um, you yeah, know, nothing really exciting happens with her. She's crazy. Mm. You know, nothing really exciting. Not, you know, Big Day, I guess, is sort of a jest. She walks and looks out a window, goes upstairs, looks around. That's about it. Fights the other cats. Fights the other cats. So, um, you know, part of our podcast, I think it's important to touch base because cats are a huge part of our lives. Um, I am a devoted cat lady, and uh, Jeff, I feel, is a cat lady as well. Right? <laughs> um, I like cats. I, you know, like, I'd rather have a cat than a dog. Um, mm. He's I, lazy, that's why. I would say that I am less enthusiastic about cats than I used to be before I had cats. Mm. Anyway... Really cool story. Um, I saw this actually, it was a couple months ago, and I work in Scottsdale, and someone like ran to work and sent me this email of the story where Scottsdale's first cat cafe is coming to Scottsdale. So excited. So let's talk about it. Well, first, so this is a story. It's in the Phoenix New Times, um, written by Robert Eisenberg. Give us a little background about a cat cafe. What is a cat? For people who don't have an idea of what a cat cafe is, isn't that a humane society? Isn't that a shelter? Cat cafe is just a slang term. Where <laughs> you go get cat smoothies. Um, no, no, it's basically like a coffee shop, right? 
with food and coffee and big overstuffed furniture. And according to this article, 12 to 15 cats roaming freely. It's a big thing in Japan, right? Yeah, huge. Japan, I think it's because of the housing situation. There's very, you know, a lot of population. A lot of cats. Little, little, you know, uh, apartments. You know, it, it just probably is not a, a housing market conducive to pet ownership. Hmm. So there's just, you know, because they are, you know, few, they're, they, they're, they look towards the future. You know, they're looking to solve problems rather than just break the laws, I guess. It's a commuter society, I guess. So they're, they they read a lot on the trains. They take buses. They, you know, commuters. Part of that is, hey, I want to have a pet, but I work a lot. I don't have the time to devote to a cat. I'm going to go down to the cat cafe. It's a, it's a niche thing that came in. Cats, are, they, they live there, right? Mm-hmm. They, uh, you get your coffee, you pet some cats, you play with them for a little bit. It's a good time. It's something that's starting to come to America, like most things from Japan eventually get to America. And this is one of the newer, newer trends, and we've got one coming to Scottsdale. So I love this quote. And it's very important to note that <laughs> these cat cafes, like the cats, and I apologize, I'm getting over a cold, but these cats are going to be adoptable. And what a great cause. So um, really fantastic quote here from this article. It says, if a cat is put in a shelter environment and it's in this little box, it's not going to be its true cat self. It gives the prospective owners more notice. Right? It's totally true. Like, think about when we brought home Bucky. Yeah. She was like, please get me out of the shelter. I'll do anything. Look at how cute I am. Look at how much I love to be held. You bring her home, she's like, fuck you, this is my bitch, and uh, doesn't want to be picked up. Yeah, it's like the old shows, you know, the old movies where people would be going to an orphanage to pick up a, uh, you, you know, to adopt a kid. It's the Oliver situation. It's all these orphans living in a, in a house, and they're not treated to the best conditions. It's not to say that the human societies around here aren't good, but... Phoenix has a cat problem. There's a lot of stray cats. There's a lot of cats overpopulating in shelters. Mm-hmm. It, it's a, yeah, I mean, there's a solution. Why not? Serve some coffee, let them run around. So we read here, most cat cafes have three separate rooms, a cat lounge, a hidden compartment for litter boxes, and a cafe section where the coffee and snacks are prepared. Uh, they are hoping to combine the cat lounge and the cafe, but only if the health department permits. Otherwise, they'll stay separate. And uh, pretty cool, right? Yeah, I mean that's uh, I think it's a reasonable, a reasonable alternative to the shelter. It's something cool. People in Scottsdale will love it. What is this called? La Gatara, which is cat lady in Spanish. Gatara, gatara, gatara. like meow. Cat, cat is uh, gato, right? Mm-hmm. Gato. Gato. Got gatara. Well, we don't speak Spanish. Like the cattery or something. This is, it means for the, the cat lady. For the cats. They're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is, this story was from June, but it was saying that they had an Indiegogo up where they're trying to earn some money. Um, reasonably good cause, I think. They, the lady who was opening it, um, Melissa Pruitt, was on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Um just four cats and one dog. I always tell people that's how many I have today. When they interviewed me for the Ellen DeGeneres show, other people said how many they had, and the average was ten cats. Ten cats. I'm not crazy with four, Jeff. I can't imagine somebody having ten cats. I feel like we'll get one more. No. I don't think so. I one, think well, I think four are good. One more. No. 
one more. I want a little orange kitty. Uh, well, you can go visit one at the Phoenix Cat Cafe. Okay. That is your cat news. Meow, 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 meow. I'm done. Good one. Yeah, thanks. You're done? With the cat. Cat story? Cat story. Okay. I think that's probably good. We're uh, at about an hour. First podcast out. First podcast. Done. How do you feel? Feels good. We'll do this on a weekly basis. Yes. I feel... Kind of... Go ahead. I'd like it to be a little bit more structured. Yeah, well, well, you know, you have a week to find some good stories. Mm, True. Get a good cat story. Amy's Cat Corner. <laughs> Kitty Cat some, Corner. Some more stories that we can rant on a little bit. Yes. Well, I mean, there's no end. There's no end to the ranting. We could we could rant forever. You rant a lot. I do rant a lot. Like but a lot. Nothing's going to change unless people raise their voice. And mm. I know I don't mind raising my voice to something. But, oh, we know. You know. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for listening. This is the Buddha Cat Chat. We love comments in the comment section. Yes, comments are good. Tell us what you want to hear. We'll, we'll talk about it. You know, why not? So, bye. Bye.